Welcome to the Bird's Eye View podcast. I'm Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer here along with Paul Domowich and Les Bowen. Hey guys, what's going on? Not much. How about you? Howdy, Jeff. Just ready for this Eagles-Ravens game Sunday. Lincoln Financial Field in front of live fans, uh, about 7,500 apparently. We'll be able to attend the game. It'll be the first time the link is able to allow fans in. Uh, we did get to see some fans last week in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. Some of them were Eagles fans. It's been kind of eerie watching these games or weird, I guess, uh, yeah. without fans. And, you know, I felt like uh, even with 5,000 or so last week, it, it felt a little more like a game. And I'm sure uh, the same will apply this Sunday as well. Of course, the Eagles don't do well. Um, the booze. Uh, <laughs> May not be as loud as they typically are, but yeah, two, um, three, and outs, and uh, they might be uh, getting booed. Yeah, well, I have to say, well, let's field, I felt like uh, you know, you noticed that there were fans there because the stands weren't empty, you saw people, but as far as the noise, I didn't, you know, there was cheering and booing, but it, it's so few people that it was very, uh, it was kind of below the threshold of noticeable most of the time well they probably yeah no, noise wise they probably use you know using the nfl films audio that they've been using in empty stadiums they probably can get that cranked up louder than a lot louder than you know 6500 7000 fans yeah but but it's a different look for obviously for players and the tv audience to see people in the seats so yeah, I mean, we know how loud Heinz Field can get with those flag-waving Steelers fans. So, yeah, certainly never felt like that, especially when, you know, there were big moments where the Eagles were backed up or whatever. But um, we'll see how it sounds yeah. at the link. Um, this is an interesting game, um, I guess, primarily because the Eagles have to win again. They're half game behind the Cowboys, so it's not like a must-win now. But, I mean, they have to win in terms of, you know, there's only so much longer that they can – they can keep losing. <laughs> um, and even if, I mean, I guess they're going to be in the NFC East race for a couple months, but another loss here would be, uh, I wouldn't say devastating because I, I don't think many people predicted the Ravens to uh, lose this game or the Eagles to win it. And you have the Giants and the Cowboys in the next two weeks, but you know, one, four, one sounds pretty dire. It, yeah. But you know, the Cowboys are playing Arizona this week. They're probably going to lose. So <laughs> they'll yeah. be two. They'll be two and four. Well, Arizona's been up and down. Yeah, um, I got a feeling uh, Kyler Murray's going to go through that that awful defense like uh, whipped yeah. cream. So, I mean, it, they need to win, though. You're right. Yeah. But, uh, this thing's just going to drag on forever as far as us every week saying, you know, how can somebody win this division? But if you yeah. look at this well, before the season started, even before the injuries or anything else, and, and somebody said, okay, give me one home game that the Eagles are going to lose this year. This would be the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody thought they were as good as the Ravens, you know, in July or August. And it's, you know, I mean, that, I mean some, it, it would be amazing if they won this. I mean, it would really uh, change the whole tenor of, of a lot of things, I think. But realistically, I mean, you just can't – just because you screwed away other games doesn't mean you're going to win – a game that you have no business winning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think it's fair to say that this will be the best team they've faced so far. Of course, they do get him at home. Yeah. But, um, let, you know, let's start with Lamar Jackson, of course. 
uh, multi-dimensional quarterback who really has taken the NFL by storm and with his style of play and uh, Ravens have done a wonderful job of scheming up uh, plays to take advantage of his athleticism. The Eagles haven't seen a quarterback quite like this yet. What are they going to have to do to stop, uh, you know, stop him on the ground, I guess, primarily? Well, I mean, they've got to keep him in, they've got to kind of contain him, not give him any gaps to run. You know, I mean, you go back to the days when they used to call that a mush rush. Uh, I think they've got to do a little bit of that Sunday, both against the run and the pass. I mean, they just, you know, they've got to be smart, disciplined. And, you know, this defense has not shown that to this to this point, which is why the wide you know, they were getting gashed by wide receiver runs and misdirections. So I don't know, you know, I'm not optimistic. Uh, Lamar's numbers are down a little bit, but he's still, you know, nearly 30% of their rushing uh, total uh-huh. is, is, is on him. Um, you know, his passing numbers are down a little bit, but he's, he's only thrown two interceptions. So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm sure they watched a lot of the Kansas city tape this week and, uh, are trying to figure out why they had such good success against them. Well, teams are teams are really crowding the box. I think, uh, knowing that the the ground the, the running part of it is such a big part of his arsenal, and they're trying to make him beat them with his arm, which he has a good arm, but he's not an experienced quarterback yet, and he doesn't have you know extraordinary receivers, and you know that's probably the way to go here. But you know, given what the Eagles have shown us defensively. Uh, like you said, Domo, they don't have the, they don't have anybody on the field who really puts them in the right positions most of the time, and we saw that most glaringly on that, uh, you know, killer touchdown toward the end of the Steelers game, the with Chase Claypool running past Nate Gary, who's the guy who's supposed to know what's going on out there. And, yeah. And, I, well, I mean, yeah. I just, uh, you know, I, I don't think the the Ravens are going to be any better offensively than the Steelers were last week. I think the Steelers really were hitting on all cylinders, but if you put the offense and the defense together, you know, Baltimore's defense is so good. I mean, this is easily, I think the most complete team the Eagles have played. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, with with, certainly with Lamar, there is a fair amount of misdirection uh, in the run game and that has been an issue. Jim, Schwartz played it down a little bit, said, yeah, aside from the Rams game and that one long back-breaking run in the Steelers game, it hasn't been that much of a problem. But yeah, I, I don't know if I completely agree with yeah, that. I don't. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, teams are going to attack the middle of that defense and specifically the linebackers and, you know, whatever safety they have next to Rodney McLeod. I think Rodney is a good safety and he's played well these last two days uh, withstanding that uh, – that blown coverage. And a, a, a big concern is that, you know, one of Lamar's most trusted pass catching weapons happens to be Mark Andrews, the tight end who's going against a defense that can't stop the tight end this season. Right. Uh, I don't know what kind of, you know, we'll find out on, on Sunday, how Jim plans to defend Andrews, but I mean, he's already got, I mean, there are, there are, I mean, the Eagles have been horrible in the red zone, uh, and, and Baltimore has been very good in the red zone, uh, often throwing to him. He's got three of his five touchdowns down there in the red zone. So, you know, they've, they've clearly that's kind of one of their top priorities this week is they've got to get better red zone play from Schwartz's defense. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the one thing, the D-line have been playing well. They were kind of offset by, by the quick passing game 
you know, Ben got the ball really fast. There was a lot of stuff. The throws were close to the line of scrimmage, basically. And so that you're going to see that mm-hmm. a lot. I imagine you know, the Baltimore Ravens can do that as well as anybody. They can, they can, uh, you know, kill you by a um, thousand paper mm-hmm. cups if they, if they want to. Um, but Lamar, you know, he, he hasn't been as efficient as a passer as he was last year when he was just remarkable and, and, also in terms of like the touchdown to interception ratio and that was all built off the run game yep um and the eagles have done a good job against the run aside aside from a lot of those wide receivers mm-hmm. wouldn't you guys agree with that i mean yeah. they, they can you know mark ingram is a, is a good running back he's obviously been around a long time but you you take out the the wide receiver tight end i mean because kittle had a carry in that san francisco game but you take out their carries from from those two positions and they've held quarterbacks and running backs to 3.1 yards per carry. So, I mean, they, you're right. They've, they've, they've defended the, the typical run very well. Yeah, James Conner did the... nothing last Sunday. He had a – I think it was a 25-yard yeah. run, and then he was averaging like one yard a carry on everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, the Eagles are a good run defense. They've always been historically under Jim a, a, a good run defense. But teams have found alternative ways to get right. yards on the ground, and that's, and that's certainly hurt them. Would this be – this is a this is out of left field, but you know if you're gonna mush rush, if you're gonna like even maybe even spy Lamar, is this the time you pull Davion Taylor out of the uh, out of the barn and say, <laughs> you know what, you you got the speed to run with this kid, just follow him all game, you know, I mean, or something like that. I don't know. What do you guys? <laughs> hadn't like, thought about get that. Nate off I, the field. You know, I got to think if he's as great an athlete as they say. If he knew what the heck he was doing, he'd be out there. But uh, I, I, you know, anything is an idea at this point. I think, um, and you know that it's funny with coaches. We assume that they know abilities, but then you see on offense a Greg Ward last year or a Travis Fulgham this year, and you wonder, you know, what exactly, uh, you know, maybe people do need it. You know, Jordan Mailata. Maybe they should have gone to that idea right away instead of trying to move Jason Peters back to left tackle. You know, I mean, you, you might have a point, Jeff. I mean, I, 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 we have no idea. I mean, we don't really watch practice anymore. We see warm-ups. Uh, we're never in the locker room. Uh, we don't know what Davion Taylor's story is. But if he has the athleticism to do that, uh, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, typically – I was just gonna say, or even I mean, Bradley's uh, another fast linebacker who's a lot further along than Taylor. Yeah, uh, they they've been using him, and you know they used him in some goal line situations. Made a you know actually had a nice stop on on Sunday, uh, but but yeah, I mean something they've got to try some kind of innovative uh, approach Sunday. But typically, you know, obviously, you give the coaches the benefit of doubt in terms of personnel. I mean, they know more than we do. They're around them more than we do. They know more about football than we do. But they've made mistakes before, less as you pointed out. And, you know, part of that has to do with you know, drafting guys high and forcing them into playing right away ahead of guys that aren't that aren't drafted. And, you know, that that's what's kind of been an issue with this team the last several years is, is because the drafts haven't been great. Yeah. And that, you know, but with T- Taylor, that doesn't apply here. That's a third round pick. You know, you typically you need that guy to, to contribute at some point. I don't know. I was just throwing it out there. Let's um, 
let's switch to the other side of the ball. The Eagles, uh, this is a good defense. Clearly, it's always been historically uh, under John Harbaugh. Um, the secondary is, is pretty darn impressive. Yep. I mean, Marlon Humphrey may be the best cornerback in the NFL right now. You got Marcus Peters on the other side. I mean, the Eagles, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen to receiver. Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey were both limited. I mean, do you even want them back at this point? Uh, Travis Fulgham certainly deserves to play more. Um, yeah, I think you want them back. You want, but you want them to be healthy. I mean, what the heck? I mean, this is uh, with Jeffrey, obviously, he hasn't played since last December. So whenever he gets back in, you're not going to see if they give him 50 snaps right off the bat, that'll be a horrible mistake. I mean, ease him in. But Deshaun, yeah. you know, it's a hamstring pull in week two and it's week six. So, you know, what the hell? Why is he limited in practice? Can he not heal? You know, I mean, I, I don't understand this at all. I, they don't want, they want him to be 110. I think Doug even said at one point he needs to be at 110%. Well, which means which is impossible. So maybe we'll never see Deshaun again. I don't know. You know, they want to get him to the playoffs, I guess. Well, but, that may never, ever yeah, happen. I, I, uh, no. you, know, I mean, I, you need help out there, though. I mean, Travis Fulgham, you know, isn't the it can't carry the whole load himself. They're running too many. John Hightower, you know, has some nice skills, but he gets way too many scat snaps. He makes awful mistakes like not getting out of bounds on that uh, catch before the halftime Sunday. Yeah. I mean, High Tower touchdown can... pass going right between his hands in the back of the end zone. <laughs> yeah. High Tower, he's got the speed. I mean, they, he got behind defenders a well, few times and they were, they, they were trying to hit him on those. He yeah. just got, he just hasn't been able to close the deal. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, Les, I think you're being a little hard on Hightower. I mean, that was a tough catch in the end zone. Uh, it, it reminds me of the one we blamed uh, uh, Aguilar for last year. Uh, yeah, he, you know, it, it was catchable, but I mean, this is a rookie. Yeah, this is a rookie. Uh, I mean, I think with him, I mean, I've I've noticed a lot of positives with him. I I think he's yeah. he's got. I think his confidence is growing. Um, you know, his speed is is, is clearly a factor, and and his size. Yeah. I mean, I think they're gonna need him uh and i think uh you know i think the snaps he's gotten so far are going to be helpful going forward i think mistakes like not getting out of bounds on that one play are are you know you would hope he'd learn from them i'm i'm sure uh you know that uh moorhead was in his ear constantly uh this week so uh you know you would think i my feeling on their passing game this week is they've got to run the ball successfully if they get that going a little bit and take uh baltimore's attention away from just teeing off on carson yeah uh, i yeah. think they've got a chance uh, i i don't think they're gonna win but i mean i i think but that's a big if i mean yeah that's a you know yeah, they're but- probably starting four guys up front the same four guys that finished last week that are you know don't have a whole lot of experience going up against a pretty damn good front seven my thing with Hightower on that pass, though, it was it would have been a tough catch, but like, it, it he wasn't even close to catching it. I mean, it went right through his hands. I mean, like it wasn't like he even like bobbled it and dropped it. And like that was my the the, the attempt was so poor is is my thing. And what we've seen, I mean, he was making that catch in training camp. Yeah, you know what we're seeing is you know that that rookie kind of uh, growing pains, and once yeah. you get to the game speed, and then also as you guys dumb as you mentioned confidence, it's like you know, yeah. Yeah, like we saw that first drop. He had a really nice, a really nice route on the first game against Washington. Yeah, and just 
short arm the ball, but that's, that's confidence. That's being out there. And, you know, so I think I do agree that I think within time he'll be a serviceable yeah. uh, wide receiver. For and him. I think uh, um, I get the sense that Carson wants, wants to trust him. I mean, he threw that fourth and four play that they connected on uh, right. two weeks ago, you know, so I, mean, yeah. I, I think there's a potential for chemistry there. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, the same obviously can't be said aside from that one long catch by JJ Ortega Whiteside over the shoulder. Uh, <laughs> um, that was the lone targeted for him. Um, we, let's go talk a little bit about the run game because uh, Miles Sanders obviously broke off that long touchdown run. But aside from that, it was, uh, I think, 10 carries for six yards or nine carries for six yards. Yep. And, you know, in watching that, he really didn't have it. It wasn't on him. And it wasn't really like the O-line. Yeah, there were some missed blocks here and there. Matt Pryor missed a few. But it seemed like they just weren't accounting for the for the extra defender, you mm-hmm. know. And they were not um, running away from – I was just – and that kind of sort of falls on Carson – I think the Steelers just had a really good run scheme defense, mm-hmm. but but the Ravens are. I mean, look, this is a team that has always valued the linebacker position. They invested a first round pick in Patrick Queen, who's their middle linebacker. Uh, he looks pretty good. L.J. Ford is a, a guy we we knew very briefly in Philadelphia. Uh, he's their will linebacker, not out there on every down, but he's he's really done a nice job. It, it's going to be tough to run on this defense. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, you brought Khalil, up Khalil Campbell court. is is still yeah. is still a, a handful, certainly in the past game. You brought up L.J. Fort, and that's something I, if you don't mind, I think we should. This is an this is a, becoming a theme uh, with Eagles. Uh, L.J. Fort is one of several guys right now. Rasul Douglas is playing very well in a cover two scheme in Carolina. Cindy, Cindy Jones, Jones had an unbelievable game last week for Jacksonville and didn't get hurt apparently. Um, <laughs> Nelson Aguilar has caught every target thrown his way with yeah. the Raiders. So these are this is disturbing stuff to me. I mean, there was a time back when uh, in the Andy Reid Joe Banner era when the, one of the best things you could say about Joe Banner was if he thought a guy was if they got rid of a guy you never heard from him again. I mean, he might have a big name and somebody else might be really excited to acquire him, but he, the guy never did anything for that other team. You know, it's almost the opposite right now. And these are the kind of things that create division between a general manager and a head coach because, yes. uh, you know, I mean, Howie's the guy that brought these guys in right. and then they, you know, it's, end up not producing for the coaching staff. And then they go someplace else and, and succeed. Well, you know, that's if you're if you're Doug, you might wonder if you're going to see your contract extended after 2022 if they keep doing this. And the other With thing LJ is, too, Fort last year, you're very you're exactly right. But the, the one thing I remember about the LJ Fort thing last year is we were all surprised. Compact. They went to compact. Yeah. yeah, that was how I wanted. Yeah. With that, with that one, it was. Yeah, you're right. Uh, which is just ridiculous. Uh the situation they're in now at linebacker, you know, to look at that and think, oh, you got to get a comp pick. I, that's uh, how he's not looking great here, you know. No, and how about, you know, the latest uh, guy that they try to pass through waivers, Casey Tuhill. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The, the Redskins, so this is the second time this has happened to them. They've tried to sneak guys through waivers. The first one was uh, Noah, Noah Tagua, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, the, the tight end. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh. With, and with you know, in this case, it was because they because Vinny's close to get. I guess Vinny's gonna be able to play, and it's just like, 
you you just they need to move on from some of these older guys at this point. Vinny's thirty two years old. I just can't imagine. You're looking at the roster right now. You got all this flexibility with the two guys you can call up from the practice squad, and yeah, uh, you know you can put guys on IR for three weeks and bring them back. Why you need to expose a draft pick, you know, in his rookie year who has actually played in a game? I, I can't imagine there's not another move that you could have made to get, yeah. you know, to get through this. And what I heard, and I haven't really checked kind of Twitter gossip, but I guess Washington is at the top or near the top in the waiver claims, right? They're like yeah. one, two, yeah. and that several teams put in claims for KC two hill. Mm-hmm. You know, I you don't do things like that. I, I, that's just not the mark of a well-run team to me. Yeah, right. And it's not like Washington. They have one of the best defensive fronts in the in the NFL. This is just a feather in their cap, probably. Ah, we'll just keep the Eagles from right. from from getting one of the guys that they drafted. This is payback for Nate <laughs> Sudfeld. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's all fit. You know, look again. Maybe Casey Tillhill is a seventh round pick. Maybe he doesn't even turn into anything. Right. And the same could be said of Noah. But that being said, let's give him a shot. You know, let's see what you know. Let's start developing some of these young right. players and and you know by this kind of transitions to the o-line by not by design they're getting that opportunity with you with the young old linemen we're seeing these guys step into these roles and and you know struggle at times but also fare well and then hopefully in the long term it'll benefit the jordan mile out as the nate herbigs the map i'm not really sold on that prior or the jack driscoll yeah i I think my lotta and herbig are going to be starters here next year some some way somehow so yeah uh, that is, and it's crucial with the age of this offensive line to do things like that. Yeah, right. I mean, you could see that with like if Malata beats out Andre Dillard, and if let's say Kelsey retires and move Isaac to yep. center, then you need a left left guard, and that there's Nate Herbie there. You got Brandon Brooks and Lee on the other side, but you also have potential replacements for both of them and Driscoll and Pryor. Again, right. not sold on Pryor, but uh, Driscoll potentially a right right tackle. Uh, these are these are guys. I mean. This is one position you've typically never had to worry about uh, because of Jeff Stoutland. I mean, he really is just a phenomenal coach, and he's he's able to really coach up the young guys and get them in there and play well. Look, I, I, I you know, they may go out there and stink against the Ravens on Sunday. It's quite possible against that defensive front, but you know, because I don't think Lane's playing Sunday. Yeah. I mean, he's really got to rest that ankle. Yeah, I don't know. There, I hear different things. Howard Eskin thinks he is playing, but I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I, I would, I mean, yeah, Lane, knowing Lane, he's played through things all the time, but like, is it at is this he gonna point? Is he going to be good? You know, that. Yeah. Well, is he going to be good or is he going to be able to play? Or is he going to be in and out of the lineup? I don't, I, you know, why don't you just say Jack, you got with this week? And if, I, I would assume that, you know, from the coaching standpoint, they're thinking, well, if he could play this week, then we can rest him the next two weeks against the Giants and the Cowboys and he can get better. But I, you know, I, yeah. I question when this ankle is ever going to get better this season. Yeah. Um, you know, for, fortunately for them, I mean, like, Driscoll is playing really well. Yeah. I mean, this, this kid's good. I mean, he's not Lane Johnson, but he's, you know, he, no. he, he, I mean, he doesn't seem to be phased by going out there and, you know, and facing, uh, you know, uh, TJ Watt and some of the people he's faced, he, you know, he's, he's gotten beat a few times, but he's, he's handled himself really yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously learning on the job, but he looks pretty smooth to me. It isn't like Andre Dillard when he went out there 
uh, last year when you were just yeah. like, yeah. Oh, you're just talking to him. I mean, you know, we've been impressed by his interviews. I mean, he's just, there's an air of confidence of, of intelligence as far as knowing yeah. what he's knowing, what he needs to know and being able to execute it. Uh, he seems to have that it, already as a fourth round rookie. If I may, if I may comment too on this is a, like this again, going back to how he's decisions, you, you trade up for Andre Dillard in the first round. And, you know, typically the Eagles haven't been expending a lot aside from lane over the last how many years, their philosophy has been more and let's get projects at O-line and coach them up. Cause it's easier to do that at that position, probably more than any other position. And you've seen that late round picks yeah. like undrafted guys. And they're honestly, those guys all may have a brighter future than Andre yeah. Dillard. Well, and fifth round pick, seventh round pick, undrafted, fourth round pick. We're talking about the four guys that, that may be starting yeah. on Sunday. I mean, if Milana pl- plays well this season, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to tell me they're going to say, uh, yeah, Jordan, uh, go to the bench now. We're going to put in Andre. <laughs> no. If, yeah, if you're left ta- – I mean, especially as, as Stout has told us plenty of oh, times, yeah. it's like he's a unique – he's a unique individual. Yeah. yeah. You don't hear that about well, plus Andre Dillard. Stout, I mean, Jordan's his, uh, with, uh, you know, I mean, he's the, he's, he can make a reputation for the rest of his life off of Jordan if this kid turns out to be a, a, a you know, a pro bowl player. I mean, a, the coach, right. the coach who took this lump of clay from Australia, uh, who had never played yeah. down a football and turned him into a, you know, into a, a player. I mean, so he, he certainly got a rooting interest in him. The thing I like about Maialata is I think he has the temperament to play that position and to replace Jason Peters in this yeah. city. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He, you know, he's got that kind of, he's a good bloke. Uh, he, <laughs> you know, he, right. He laughs, he jokes, he, you know, Dillard, it's like every, every, he seems like he's just yeah. a stress ball half the time yeah. when you talk to him. And that's really important uh, yeah. for that position. Uh, so, which brings us to, I guess, we're going to end with the quarterback. Carson had probably his best game Sunday. And I thought there were some real promising signs. He made some really strong throws from the pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, ropes down the field to, to Travis Fulgham. It, it helps when you have a receiver that you can trust, too, as well. Do you think we're going to start to see more of the good Carson? Uh, moving well, forward? I mean, uh... A lot's going to depend on the on, on the pressure he faces. I mean, I, I assume they're going to have him getting the ball out. They're going to have him. They're going to have him continue to move around. Have him, you know, run occasionally. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he he played well in the red zone. Played well on third down. I mean, you know, he he's got trust in in Fulgham and uh, and Greg Ward on third down. Um, you know, you would hope. I mean, he's just got to eliminate the mistakes like the interceptions. That's that's critical. Yeah, but the both his interceptions were really not his fault. Um, the last, you know, the last one was just a heave. Uh, the other one was Zach Ertz got kind of bumped off his route, yeah. timing route, and we haven't really talked about Zach Ertz yeah. really. And I guess one way to help Carson get back is to figure out what the heck's going on between those two. Les, what do you think's going on? You Ertz? know, I I'm very puzzled. Uh, you kind of almost get an undercurrent of some dissatisfaction there on somebody's part uh and this is just me in my head i thinking did wentz think maybe Ertz should have taken one of those contract offers and for the team and 
you know, uh, solidified his future here. Uh, or And that's why he keeps throwing at his feet? <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. But just are they as are they in the same spot emotionally that they were in, you know, since Carson's been here? Uh, Ertz didn't take the offer. Uh, Ertz was uh, really, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? He was really not disgusted, but really uh, frustrated frustrated by the offer. Uh, Didn't, didn't think it was anywhere near what his value was. Uh, does he think Wentz should have stuck up for him or something, you know, and I, I just don't see that they don't seem to be on the same page. Uh, no, I mean, I think that's a stat that, uh, he hasn't, a lot of the balls thrown to Ertz haven't been as catchable. And, and Doug even said something Monday. I don't know if you guys remember that about, you know, the only thing I see is the ball is coming in a lot higher to him a lot of times. Uh, well, that's what Carson. When Carson, that's, I mean, that's when Carson's mechanics are off. The right. ball sails on him. Right. I mean, if you you know yeah. the numbers on PFF are twenty of 36, 20 of thirty five passes have been catchable, yeah. and of those catchable passes, Ertz has only dropped one. It was a pretty pivotal one late in that that Washington right. game. But and, and the coverage, uh, it's not like he's not. It's not like he's dropping passes. I mean, the coverage. Yeah. I mean, he. They're not. You know. He clearly, he's the guy they're trying to take out of the game. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, the, the yeah. loss of, I mean, the loss of Goddard cannot be understated. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. Not both to the run and the pass game. I mean, he, they're just, they just miss him so much. And, and Ertz yeah. misses him. I mean, a lot of Ertz's, yeah. a lot of Ertz's catches were in 12. Uh, now they don't play 12 very much because, uh, because it's, it's not Rogers yes. or it's offensive lineman. That's a really good point, Dom, because we really haven't seen Ertz without Goddard the last couple years. Yeah. You know, and uh, something's happening. I mean, my stance has been, you know, when did defenses not key on Ertz? When have they had so many weapons that Ertz wasn't a top priority for opposing defenses? But what you say is really true. It, with Goddard's out there, it's much harder to yeah to devote as much resources well, I mean, to Ertz. Right. Typically, the, the corners and the safeties – follow Ertz and, and that will allow Dallas to get more of linebacker matchups. But, um, you know, maybe it's been the opposite of that recently. And that may, that's why, uh, or, I mean, like th- those, I wouldn't say even next year, last year, those would give, uh, if you get line, I mean, I don't think very rarely yeah. you'll see a linebacker. Well, I'll, be, I'll be interested to see what Baltimore does this week. Like last week, uh, against Pittsburgh, I mean, Fulgham kept kept catching balls, kept catching balls, and they had Mike Hilton on them. Uh, they they were just gonna, they were not going to change. They were, you know, that's not the guy they cared about. They didn't care how many balls he caught. Uh, does it change this week? I don't know. Uh, probably not. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get the picks, guys. Uh, sounds like we're all going with the Ravens. Are we doing scores? Yeah, or- I guess so. I did. You know, I, my mine's in today's. Uh, online today at some point. So I, I've got, you know, I mean, I think they could beat them. Uh, I think they'll give them a game for a while, but I think, I think Lamar is going to be just too much to deal with. 31-20 Ravens. Les? Yeah, I don't really, I, I really thought the Eagles might cover last week and they almost did, except for that last play that we talked about. Uh, so I'm skeptical of doing that again. I mean, that, there's nobody picked this as a win when the season started. There's no reason to pick it as a win now. 
the question is, will they cover? It's like seven, seven and a half points. I'm going to say no, just because I got burned on that last week. That's not a very scientific method. But <laughs> I'm going to say 26-16 Ravens. Yeah, I think I'm thinking about 10-point uh, Ravens win as well. I don't know, 30-20 maybe, 31-21, something like that. Um, yeah, I, I just – this defense is, is, is really just legit, and I think that secondary is just going to make it very hard for them. To, they're going to have to throw the ball. I mean, it's not like they can just win on the ground. And, and I, with that O-line, I know they've, they've done pretty well, but, you know, they've had – watching this past game, they're – and, it, and they did it, and it worked, and the offense was able to move. They really had a chip and Max Protect a lot to help those guys, and they probably got to do it again. And that just that makes it harder for Carson to find guys open downfield. So I just I find I just don't see maybe there's maybe they can win, maybe they'll keep it close. I just don't see many past the victory in this game. All right, well, thanks everyone for listening to Home Inquire.com is where you can read all of our stories, tons of content, uh, lots of great uh, diversity in terms of our coverage of the team. Uh, also sign up for the earlier birds news, uh, uh, email, sorry, newsletter, uh, every morning in your mailbox, the extra content in there from, uh, from the four Eagles beat reporters, also links to all of our stories. And, uh, thanks for joining us. Les Damba. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you next week and we'll see whether this team. All right. All right. That's the birds. I view podcast. Thanks everyone for listening.